you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. It's Monday, October 17th, and you're listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. That is the voice of today's special guest, our resident head coach, Steve, the Moochie Man Mariucci, who hasn't been around for a couple of weeks. Coach, you had back-to-back Sundays off for the first time in how long? 47 years. Because, go back. When I was Laughing off camera, laugh. this is real. I'm not that old, all right? Um, no, when I was in college playing, you play on Saturday, you come on in and you watch the film and get a workout in on Sundays. Same when coaching college, same with the pros, same with television. I work on Sundays, all right? And holiday, Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's, right? That's what we do. In, 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 My family's still getting their heads around. Yeah, it. the only it's holiday we get off is years. 4th of July, right? Yeah, exactly. But anyway, so we, had, we didn't go to London, so I had two in a row. Uh, so I visited my kids, but I spent the one day in a sports bar uh, in Brooklyn watching all the games like everybody else. It was so much fun. And then the next Sunday, I was w- in Nashville w- with my son and his wife, and we went to a sports bar and watched all the games again. It was fantastic. I'm so glad that you enjoyed it the way the rest of us have been enjoying it all these years. Welcome back. Really nice Thanks. to see you. I'm your host, NFL Network senior writer Andrew Levy, and this is the most competitive season in NFL history. Not an opinion, a scientific fact. There have been 73 games within one score, eight points in the in the current world, in the fourth quarter, and 56 of those games were decided by one score, both most through the first six weeks of any season in NFL history. Just this week alone, 11 of 13 games were within one score in the fourth quarter, and seven of those games were decided by one score. Uh, Games are more competitive. Teams are harder outs than ever before. Is the league getting better? The league is getting what it wants to get. Is the league getting better, the play getting better? You know what? I don't know. It's been good for a long time, but the games being this close, as a rule, says that there's not like college football. You'll see the great teams blow out the poor teams, 56 to three in the early September games. You don't see that in the NFL. Every, every everything is close, and that's the intent. You know, the the poor teams draft first. The poor teams pick off the waiver wire first. Uh, you know, you know those sort of things to try to create some. All, the last four MVPs in the league all lost. lost. They all lost. Aaron Rodgers lost, right? Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady. Everybody lost. Correct. Why? Because those teams that they're playing this week, you know what? They might be younger. They might be the underdog, but they all won. It's good for the league because you, then you have 32 cities that are excited. You got the Detroit Lions who haven't, you know, haven't been a good team for a long, long time, but they're competitive. Are they going to Super Bowl? No, but they're, they, heck, for a while, they were leading the league in scoring. So it's exciting for, for teams like that. The Jets, 
the Giants. The Jets and the Giants have had the worst record over the last five years of anybody in the league. And all of a sudden, look at these two teams. Incredible. Coach mentioned it. It is worth repeating. Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, and Tom Brady all lost on Sunday. This is the first instance in NFL history that the last four distinct quarterbacks to win the NFL MVP award all lost on the same day. Rodgers, of course, won the MVP in 2020 and 2021. Jackson in 2019. Mahomes in 2018. Brady in 2017. Okay. Is there a curse on the NFL MVP? No. no. <laughs> I'd like to be that guy. <laughs> Let's talk specifically about two of the guys we just mentioned. Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes. They have struggled in the fourth quarter this season. Among 26 quarterbacks in the NFL with 30 or more passing attempts in the fourth quarter, Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson have the two lowest passer ratings in the league in the fourth quarter. Hmm. On the flip side of that, on the other end, Josh Allen has the best passer rating in the fourth quarter. What do you attribute that too. Is it a loss of weapons? Is it the lack of Tyreek Hill? Is it the absence of Hollywood Brown? What is it? Well, you just answered my question, Damn right? It. That's what I was going to say. When you have a change in supporting cast yes, and you're playing close games and you have to have precision in the fourth quarter and be good and win a game or come from behind, missing that guy is a huge, it's, it's a big deal, all right? And for Lamar, we know they can run the football. We know they have a difficult offense to defend with all the zone reads and the RPOs and his, his speed. Um, but when you lose your fastest receiver, and uh, thankfully they still have Mark Andrews, and you know they have they have some guys. But but you lose that guy, it takes away a little bit of this how scary your passing game can be. And yep. we all know Tyreek Hill is is uh, just uh, just a freak athlete. All right, and we we know that Patrick Mahomes uh, can beat you at any time with most any supporting cast. But you know, he's, I think they're missing him in crunch time. What's your advice to John Harbaugh and Andy Reid, the coaches of the aforementioned quarterbacks, now that their MVP quarterbacks have apparently forgotten how to finish? Yeah, well, when I talk to both of them, I just say, listen, uh, don't listen to me. And I say, uh, <laughs> I say, do what you do. You guys, they, these are excellent coaches, man, with really good quarterbacks. And you know what? You, you throw a couple of picks. You got here and there, and you make a mistake. It's a long season. They're, they're going to win some close games. You know that. And they're going to elevate their, their sporting cast like they always do. Andy Reid is a good friend of yours. We will get to his Chiefs in a moment. That was a game of interest and a game that played out every bit as thrillingly as we assumed that it would. But let's go game by game. Monday musings on a Sunday spectacular starting with this. Oh Zappi with a play fake and a deep drop. Throws it near side, wide open. Henry at the 15, to the 10, to the 5. Waltzing into the end zone. Touchdown, Patriots! Patriots 38, Browns 15. Bill Belichick ties George Hallis for second place all-time among NFL coaches with 324 wins. Bailey Zappi is doing his best to create a quarterback controversy in New England. <laughs> what was your takeaway from this game? So I was hoping that Mac Jones would play. Yes. We all were. And when he plays, we're... Well, hold on a second. What do you mean we all were? Bailey uh, Zappi has zapped us, forgive that but before the joke, game, with a little bit of enthusiasm. Before the game, Zappi didn't throw for 309 yards. We didn't know he was going to do this. You're right. And so, so you know, I think we're all encouraged with, with Mac Jones and, and where he's headed, but that ankle's not letting him play. So... Um, here comes Bailey Zappi, fourth rounder out of Western Kentucky, all right? When I played Division II football back in the day, uh, Northern Michigan, we beat Western Kentucky in the national championship game. I'm just telling you, all right? That was in 1975. But, but anyway, that's where he came from, totally under the radar. 
and he gets thrown into this role because he wasn't even the backup. He was third because Brian Hoyer was supposed to be the backup, and he gets concussed, right? So here we go with Bailey Zappi. Wow. The, the kid was unbelievable. He completed 24 passes. He threw for 309 yards. And, you know, and he almost put a 40-burger on the Browns. That's ridiculous. Two touchdowns, no picks. His touchdown pass to Tyquan Thornton. Zappi takes the snap. He looks right with a pump. He throws to the middle. Oh. Pass is caught. Touchdown, Patriots. <laughs> and it is the first for Tyquan Thornton. Shout out to the rookie for his first trip to the paint in the NFL, showed a lot of patience in the pocket. Thornton was his second, if not third read. You must like what you're seeing from him. I mean, you are, in some ways, a quarterback whisperer. whisperer. You're certainly our resident quarterback whisperer. You, do you see something that you could work with in this young man? Absolutely, and he played. He did a good job with the senior ball, too. And so, it, what is this telling me? It's, it says that these, these rookies, especially at receiver, it's easier to play well as a rookie receiver than it is a rookie quarterback. But the NFL systems are becoming more college-like. We implement more and more zone reads and shotgun and RPOs and all the things that these kids have been doing in high school and college. So they're a little bit better equipped to learn quickly when we get to the pro level. The pros are coaches are now adapting some of these concepts in, in our game plans. So it's an easier transition. Uh, the New England defense was probably the star of the game, as much as we like to turn the spotlight on quarterbacks. They forced four turnovers. Hit from behind. It's intercepted by Mills. On the other side, Miles Garrett had a strip sack, proving once again that he is impervious to pass protection and rolling Porsches. Ramondre Stevenson carried the ball 19 times for 76 yards and a pair of scores. Go on to the end zone. Touchdown, Patriots. Jacoby Brissett went 21 for 45 for 266, one touchdown, Two picks, those were key. Cleveland clearly missed Denzel Ward uh, on the backside. Huge gaps in that secondary. Are you worried about Cleveland? If you're a Browns fan, is there hope on the horizon that's not named Deshaun Watson? You know, or is, they, well, or is it a wait till then? It's, it's a wait till then. They do have some good players. It's in a division that's uh, really up for grabs. Uh, Steelers aren't the normal Steelers, even though they had a big win against the Bucks, right? The Bengals, uh, heck, they were 10-7 and seven last year before they got hot. So the Browns were thinking, hey, we can sneak into the playoffs. And it's, and it's just been a little bit tough year that way, uh, you know, with some quarterback issues. But uh, I, I think their, their sights are set on getting some things built and done in, in a foundation set this year. And then I think once Deshaun Watson is there, I think they can really hit their stride. Might be next year. Next game, the Giants move to 5-1. and one. The Jets also at 4-2. and two. What year is this again? Third loss for Baltimore. Third game in which they had at least a 10-point lead blown. Under pressure. Hit by Thibodeau. Ball comes loose. And the Giants scramble for it. It's still loose. And finally recovered by the Giants at the 12-yard line. Kayvon Thibodeau gets his first career sack in big fashion. Giants D forced two turnovers in the final four minutes. Daniel Jones was efficient, if not spectacular. Uh, 19 for 27, 173 and two touchdowns. Dayball has this team off to a 5-1 and one start. What is the ceiling for this team in, I think, what we would agree is a weaker NFC? This is a real interesting team, and their, their story so far is fascinating because Brian Dable's putting himself into a position to be mentioned in the Coach of the Year category. And are they a great team? No, not yet. But the stars are aligning for them. Call it 
opportunistic or lucky or whatever that is, or smart or good. I don't know what it is. Every one of their games has been a last possession game. Come down to the last possession, win or lose. They've been behind three different times by over 10 points, and they're still 5-1. and one. They were behind against the Ravens again until the last three minutes, the last two minutes. And so they've been able to find a way. Thankfully, Saquon Barkley has stayed healthy. He's uh, a premier back in this league. We know that. And Daniel Jones is not lighting it up in the passing game. He's thrown for 160 some yards a game. That's it. But he's not turning it over. No, he's like, not. He, and you know what? Their defense finally got Big Cat back, right? And and so they're, they're just playing well enough to win the close games. Are they a great team? No. Right now, with the five and run one record comes confidence, becomes excitement in that city, in that in MetLife Stadium. These these guys don't know that they're an average football team. Right now, they think they can beat anybody. And they, and so far, luck has been on their side. Do more with less. As you mentioned, Daniel Jones not being asked to do a lot, certainly in terms of pass attempts, but he has completed over 70% of his passes in three games this season. That is already, through six games, the most in his career. Does Dayball belong in the same conversation as coaches like McVeigh, Shanahan, and Andy Reid for the work that he has done with Jones? Too soon. Too soon. Too soon for both Daniel Jones, for the Giants, and Brian Dayball. Let's play a while. But all we can do is evaluate what we've seen so far, and so far it's good. I think Brian Dayball's, his his mantra is, less is more, meaning he's not putting Daniel Jones in predicaments where he's having to throw the ball 45 times a game and down the field. He's got a high percentage of pass completions because a lot of it's short and and intermediate and safe type throws where the completion percentage is on your side. Certainly helps to have a guy named Saquon Barkley behind you. Because their receiving core is not what, like some others in the league, right? So so they've got to be careful as to how they throw the ball down the field. But they've been in every game, and, and they haven't had to play catch-up uh, so much. They've been down a little bit by 10, but they, earlier in the games. You mentioned you were in New York this past weekend. Is there a feeling in New York that is different now than, than has been in years past? Absolutely. MetLife Stadium, where the Jets and the Giants share the stadium, has had the fewest wins of any two teams in the league over the last five years. MetLife is crying, all right? Now it's wild. An unlikely story being written in East Rutherford, New Jersey. Because these teams are exceeding expectations, right? Robert Sala's team over there with the Jets to go into Lambeau and win that thing. Are you kidding me? And you know what? It's a young team. It's a young team. Let's talk about that game right now. Steve Mariucci was the quarterback's coach in Green Bay from 1992 to 1995. He crafted greatness. He witnessed greatness. What we are currently seeing in green and gold is not greatness. I think we can agree on that. Final score, Jets 27, Packers 10. Counter handoff. Up the middle goes Breesaw. He's at the 30. At the 25-20. Right side 15. 10. 5. Touchdown. A little counter inside handoff to Brees Hall, who finds some Jet fans in the crowd and does a Jet Slambo leap. New York's offensive coordinator Mike LaFleur, Matt's younger brother, dialed up an offense that outran the Packers 179 to 60. Aaron Rodgers, when asked after the game if the Packers are wobbly, said, wobbly? Only if people are breaking rank. It'll be interesting to look at the comments from all of our guys and coaches, and hopefully we stick together. That's the most important thing. Until I see us breaking rank, I'm not going to say there's any wobbliness going on. 
Translation, he seems to suggest that the issue is loyalty, allegiance, not execution. What am I missing here? Hmm. I, I think Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur are in lockstep, okay? I think Aaron loves the system that he's in, even though his West Coast system that he's been in for so many years that got him a couple of MVPs prior was a good system for him. He loves this system, all right? and he loves Matt's preparation, and they, they're, they're, uh, they see eye to eye, okay? This started back when they lost Devontae Adams and Marquez Valdez-Scantling and St. Brown. I mean, they, they lost some receivers. So, okay, all right, we, we, we have to replenish this receiving core. And they tried to, but they didn't fulfill all of their needs in this regard because you, you, you draft Christian Watson. Well, he's been hurt most of the time. Dobbs, the other rookie, is playing some and he's doing okay. Randall Cobb just got hurt. He's off the field, all right? Sammy Watkins been hurt. Ellen Lazard has been on and off the field with injuries. And in training camp, and I was there in training camp, we did a show with him and, and sat down with Aaron. He was wanting these receivers to push harder, to learn faster, to get into their playbooks, learn this stuff, and all the all the intricacies of this passing game, this run, RPO, they run more RPOs than anybody in the league right now. And so I think with all the missed practice and game time with some of these guys, they're still making the mistakes. That's why Aaron says, I, we need to simplify so these guys know exactly what they're doing and they can play fast. Packer fans' worst nightmare it was back then was, oh my God, what are we going to do at receiver now for our MVP? And right now it's the same nightmare. What are we doing for our, our MVP quarterback with this receiving core? It's not performing well enough. But you just talked about a no-name wide receiver core over with the Giants, the team that beat the Packers last yeah. week in London. And now we seem to be making excuses for injuries for the Packers wide receiver core when they have two guys named Aaron Jones yeah. and A.J. Dillon behind. In 13 possessions for the Packers offense on Sunday, Aaron Jones had 12 touches, three carries only in the first half. Should Matt LaFleur be under fire for the play calling and not incorporating what seems to be their second best offensive threat after Aaron Rodgers yeah. in their offense? And Aaron Jones is really good in the passing game too as a wide receiver. They'll put him out as a receiver and motion him out there and run some RPOs too. So that in watching that game, I remember that. And then A.J. Dillon, he's a bigger back, more of a bruiser, maybe a better pass protector and not so much, not so much a pass receiver, although he's not bad. You're going to find more usage by those two running backs because because it is a good one-two punch they just want they just want the mvp to throw the ball around a little bit and uh it just wasn't happening for them they gotta get that fixed aaron jones and aj Dillon combined for 19 carries in that loss to the giants against the jets the duo combined for 19 carries 19 seems to be an unlucky number for them let's talk about the jets team that you talked about before a young team an exciting team a uh, very high ceiling in the seasons to come the question is how high is the ceiling in this season since robert sala's receipts speech the jets are four and one including three and on the road how much praise should gm joe douglas be receiving how much praise should robert sala be receiving well both and, and i and i grew up at the packer organization feeling and learning that the relationship between a GM and a head coach should be a very happy marriage, so to speak. It's, it's two guys that are like-minded, that, that have a vision as to how to build our team. This is the system we want. This is the team 
that we are, are going, these are the type of players that we need to fit our system. And Joe Douglas over the last three drafts has, has been terrific. And most of the drafts have been on offense. And if you got, you know, you, you've had Zach Wilson hurt a little bit, but that kid is a heck of an athlete. He can do the gritty and he can dunk a basketball. And he, he can do everything. Averaging 30 points since his return. Yeah. And so, and then Brees Hall's a heck of a back. He had a big game, 116 yards against Packers or whatever he had. And then and it, it's just full of good young players. How about Sauce, who he's wearing the cheese hat. That's like a sacrilege over there in Lambeau Field. And then you uh, probably weren't happy about that. No, I have one of those hats. And so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> of course you do. And Alan Lazard flipped it off of him. But I, he's really a good kid. He's really a good kid. He didn't mean to stir it up. He probably doesn't know the importance of that stupid hat, right? Uh, the, but anyway, he's a heck of a player. There, this is a. They're a year ahead of time. I'm just telling you, they're a year ahead of schedule, the Jets. Now, can they make the playoffs this year? If they keep playing like this, yes. But this is really going to be a good team going forward. Certainly would be easier for the Jets to make the playoffs in the NFC. There they are stuck in the AFC. We'll see about that. But obviously, translation, word to the wise, keep your eyes on the Jets next year Mm -hmm. and the seasons to come. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. I am sitting here with the coach, Steve the Mooch Mariucci. Now, the Mooch suggests as a nickname that you take from others, and yet we are the ones who take from you, from your vast experience, your wisdom, and your enthusiasm, which is unmatched in the world of sports. Next game, Vikings 24, Dolphins 16. Miami started 3-0. They are now 3-3. Fourth consecutive week that a Dolphins quarterback has been injured. Skylar Thompson leaves with a thumb replaced by Teddy B, who had just been reinstated from concussion protocol not long before kickoff. Vikings improved to 5-1. Their only loss coming in week two to the Eagles. I'm still unconvinced by the Vikings. Am I being unfair? No, uh, but the Vikings did beat the Packers, and they're winning the games they should win. I mean, yeah, you got to. I mean, to, to have one loss to the Eagles is not an embarrassment. No, okay, it no, it isn't. And and so Justin Jefferson is proving to be as good as any wide receiver that we've seen in a while. This kid's spectacular, and if they can protect. Kurt Cousins, he can get him the ball, and Adam Thielen had a couple of nice catches in this game too. Skylar Thompson, huh? Quarterback over there. He played for Kansas State. Talk about another rookie. All these rookies playing. You know who plays for Kansas State? No. Cade Warner oh, played yes. there. Yes. Kurt Warner's son yes. is a receiver over there. Shame on me. For Forgive Skyler me, Kurt. Thompson. And so he's he, Kurt's known the kid. And uh, he, and he, yeah, kind of surprised. He's starting in the National Football League as a rookie right now. But good for him. That's, it's it's kind of fun to watch these kids get their chance. He was looking a lot more convincing this week before he went out of the game than he was last week. I felt that was a real shame. Um, also a shame if you're a Dolphins coach and player. You look at the stats today and you realize you outgained the Vikings by 200. 124 yards, but you coughed up the ball three times 
and you took six sacks. Not a recipe for a win. Uh, Harrison Smith certainly deserves a little love from us. Balled out, mm. had a pick, a forced fumble, both when it mattered most. Jalen Waddell probably had the most topsy-turvy game of anyone on the field. Six receptions, 129 yards, looked great, but had that late fumble. Mm -hmm. And a drop that ended up as a pick. Where do the Dolphins go from here? Yeah, they, they just got to get a quarterback back healthy, right? And let's hope to uh, knock on wood uh, is going to be okay. And, and even Teddy Bridgewater, too. Uh, you, you know, you got to have your quarterbacks play. I mean, when you're, when you're down to your third guy, now we, we just talked about Bailey Zappi, right, being the third guy winning a game. But you, you don't want to do that very many times. And so let's just hope they're the other guy. Because they, they look so promising early in the season, just you know, throwing it down the field and and uh, with all their weapons that they have. We'll see. Just uh, let's see how fast these quarterbacks can come back healthy. Snap to Mariota. Marcus will keep it right side. Turn the corner. Touchdown Atlanta. Quarterback play the story in the ATL just from an unexpected source. Not Matt Ryan, of course, who is now wearing the white in Indy, but from Marcus Mariota, former number two overall pick. 13 straight completions yesterday. His last attempt was the only incompletion. Passed for two touchdowns. Ran for another against the NFL's number one defense. Have the Falcons found an identity in the run game under Arthur Smith that works for this team? Three straight games with more rushing yards. Yes and, and no. Yards. You got to re remember now, not, not to take anything away from a good win. The Falcons' win against the Niners was really a good one. I think, I think uh, they were very much the underdog. But when the Niners show up, when they're missing eight guys and, they, and half their defense is gone, that's a factor. I mean, the, the Niners aren't going to make that excuse, but let's call it like it is. When Bosa and Ward and Mosley and Eric Armstead, all these guys are like yeah. sitting over yeah. there in pajamas, can't do anything about Marcus Mariota. But good for Marcus. He had a heck of a game. Man, he ran with authority. I thought, I thought he really took control of that game. But when so many guys are down, Shouldn't you, Coach, take advantage of the assets that you do have suited up on the field? Debo Samuel was a forgotten man yesterday. Yeah. How can you let that happen? 49ers, two picks from Jimmy G, a fumble from Jeff Wilson, and really, AWOL status for Debo Samuel. Isn't that a miss? So I coached in a game called Jerry Rice. It was on Jerry Rice Day. <laughs> and it was going to be his last game in candlesticks, all right? So I'm going to throw him the ball 7,000 times, all right? Well, you know what? The other team says... We're not letting you throw the ball to this guy. We're going to double him, so the ball's got to go somewhere else. Fair All right? T.O. had 20 catches that day, and it was on Jerry Rice Day. Sometimes teams are going to try to take out Debo Sam. Not sometimes. They're always going to try to do that. And, and the Falcons did a pretty good job. Now, they got George Kittle, too. He's a heck of a player. But remember, Elijah Mitchell's out. They're starting running back. Mike McGlinchey, their right tackle, came out of that game. Trent Williams has already hurt their left tackle. Um, they're just trying to patch it together right now. But, yeah, let's try to find a way. If you can't throw it to Debo, hand it to him. Let him play running back and jet sweep and all that other stuff. But uh, Mooch him up. Coach him up. Yeah. Ryan throws down the near sideline looking for Alec Pierce. He's got it. Touchdown! Touchdown! Alec Pierce spikes it into the end zone. Touchdown! I-N-D-Y! The man who left the ATL for Indianapolis, as mentioned before, Matt Ryan, of course, broke the franchise single-game record for completions and moved into seventh on the NFL's career passing list. 42 for 58, 389 yards, three touchdowns. Stats don't tell the whole story. Um, I think the quality of that last pass to Alec Pierce 
to win it on third down probably tells the whole story on less than 20 seconds to go in that game. Reich said he put the ball in the man with the hot hand, and that was Matt Ryan. You had to. They're out without their top two running backs. Jonathan Taylor and Hines are out, right? So you got to try to throw the ball around the block, which they did. Now they're, you know, they, what are they, 3-2-1? and one, Yes, Colts? correct. And now Sitting will, in second behind the Titans in that I will tell you that I loaned Wolf them on game day morning, all right? And they got that t touchdown right at the end and won the thing. <laughs> and so that was a game of interest. Uh, Matt Ryan, though, I, I uh, you know, he's, he, he's, He's one of the old school quarterbacks. He's the third oldest in the league. It's Tom Brady, we all know is the oldest. And then it's Aaron Rodgers and it's Matt Ryan, okay? And and Matt, and like Tom, plays the game from the pocket a certain way. The new kids coming up don't play quite like that. They're all over the place, right? And so it was fun to watch knowing full well he's going to be in the pocket. He's going to have to handle the blitzes and handle, you know, uh, pressure with his arm and his head, not so much with his legs. And boy, did he get it done. Dan Marino has 61,361 <laughs> yards. Matt Ryan now has 61,499 yards, 45 career game-winning drives, also fifth all-time with 30 games of 350 or more passing yards. He's hard not to be happy for. But in the NFL, it's not about your last game. It's about your next game. Yeah. The next game for us, Bengals 30, Saints 26. Joe drops back to throw. His pass caught by Chase at the 50. Runs through an arm tackle. Nice. Down the sideline. Oh, He's going to take it to the oh. house. Jamar Chase, a 60-yard oh. touchdown. Oh. And the Bengals have the lead with 1.57 to go. Bengals were down 23 14 in the third. Zach Taylor, when asked about Joe Burrow, said, quote, sometimes when it looks like things are really bleak and dead, Joe finds a way out of the mess. You don't know how he does it. He just does it. That kid's got the it factor. I don't know. I, it's hard to explain because he walks into that stadium where he won the national championship and he asked Chase for the jersey that he wore in that game and it was already framed someplace on somebody's wall and Jamar Chase got it right out of the frame and gave it to Joe to walk into the stadium with a game-worn jersey. That says, I'm winning this game, okay? That's what that says. And so and so it was like, uh, plus I'm going to throw my buddy the ball quite a bit. So it was a fun game to watch. It sure was. Uh, Burrow and Chase, of course, the former LSU Tigers. Burrow was 28 for 37, 300 yards and three touchdowns. Jamar Chase, seven receptions, 132 yards and two of those touchdowns. Next game, Steelers 20, Buccaneers 18. The enduring image for me was Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr. looking down the line of his offensive line and screaming. Is that his real name? I think it is. Absolutely howling at his offensive line. Going forward, my question to you is, is an angry Brady a dangerous Brady? He seems to play well perhaps even better with a chip on his shoulder. And man, that chip is getting bigger by the week. We have seen him do that in New England. We have yelling at his guys and yelling and fire. It's a fire up talk. It's a let's go. And it's all of that. And those guys, you know, he had their attention. They were looking at him. They were looking at him like, yep, he knows what he's talking about. And I'm going to get my button gear here. We got to get this done. He's got some new guys playing with him now. It's not been easy for them. Uh, up front. Forget about the musical chairs at wide receiver. Those guys up front, the guard, center guard, are uh, new from last year, and a couple of them were hurt, and they're trying to get that fixed. And so they're a three and three team right now, and I, I think losing to the Steelers was a real wake up call because, you know, 
Kenny Pickett gets hurt, and here comes Mitchell Trubisky. He's back in there. <laughs> and, and you know what? He had that crowd going, didn't he? Yes, he did. And he had that ball spinning. Let's be fair to the spinning. kid. He looks good. He's back. Fires for the end zone. Touchdown, He's going to keep the job. You watch the rest of the year. He might keep that, that job. You watch. Did you see Joe Cool, Mike Tomlin, after that touchdown at the end? What? When he, there was a look on his face as if to say, I knew it all along. And yeah. of course he didn't know no, it all along. But it. man, he, he's got a way. Talk about chip on the shoulder. Yeah. Trubisky has a chip. Yeah. All right. He's been bounced around for the second pick in the draft. And so he wants to prove he belongs. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. I am here with Steve Mariucci, our resident head coach. Talk to me about two teams that I find completely confounding. Rams, 24. Panthers, 10. Another jet sweep. A handoff Skoranek. He's got speed. He's got the edge. He goes in untouched. Touchdown, L.A. Two questions. One, yes, they got a win, but the Rams look very unconvincing to me. Are they in trouble? I don't know what trouble means, but they're not the same Super Bowl caliber winning kind of team uh, right now. They they have to get some things fixed at running back. They have to, you know, they're not the same offensive line that they've had to protect Matthew Stafford, and he's not a mobile guy. You know, he's going to be playing from the pocket. And, and so they've got some things to, to work through. They're not the dominant team uh, with their the talent as they were a year ago. And so they got to win with coaching and win close games. And, you know, they, the game wasn't close against Carolina because that's a team that's just uh, they're trying to figure that out, right? And next, they're going to start rebuilding probably with a new quarterback. But, uh, but the Rams, they're well coached. We all know that but they're just a little light at some positions right now. You mentioned the Panthers rebuilding. Rebuilding sometimes means a change of materiel. Robbie Anderson out the door after uh, shouting at his coach, walking off the field. The next person who is rumored to be out the door is none other than Christian McCaffrey. He has gone 28 consecutive games with 100 or more yards from scrimmage and or a touchdown. Is he really on the block is my second question. And if he is, who should be coming after him? First of all, he's a heck of a player. The only nick on Christian McCaffrey is his availability, not his ability, because he's a def- definitely a dual threat running back. He can play slot receiver and catch 120 passes. And But you know what? If he's healthy, and he is right now, and I'm a team that is a contender, and I'm uh, he's an answer for me, he gets me to the playoffs, and in that chase, then I figure out how to do this. And I think Carolina, you know, th- this is going to be a rebuild over there. All right, it's going to be a rebuild, and it starts with the quarterback. And if they're not drafting high, if they don't have the the, uh, the chips, so to speak, to move up in the draft to get somebody real early to get a quarterback, 
you know, maybe Christian McCaffrey helps him do that. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But uh, Christian McCaffrey's a heck of a player, and I know if he were available on trade, there'd be five or six teams that would love him. I think two of the teams that would be interested in Christian McCaffrey include the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs, which takes me to the next game. Snap. Josh looks at Diggs, throws to Diggs, in the end zone. He makes the catch. Touchdown, Buffalo. A 17-yard lofted touchdown pass to Stephon Diggs. Bills 24, Chiefs 20. Bills came into this one on the road into Arrowhead. Three-point favorites. Somebody knew something. They won by four. <laughs> My question to you, Coach, is this. At the end of the first half, Tony Romo, I believe, was calling the game, and he said, you've just seen Josh Allen make a pass that only two guys in the league could make, and both of them are on this field right here tonight. <laughs> Josh Allen, of course, and Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. How big is the gap between what we are seeing from Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and the rest of the quarterbacks in the NFL? There are other good quarterbacks. We've seen Aaron Rodgers just... just amaze us. We've seen Tom Brady do that. Now they lost yesterday. Lamar Jackson, when he's doing his thing, it's a different style, but it's unbelievable. You know, so there are other really good quarterbacks. So maybe you don't buy the premise. But I do buy, the, I, I, I saw, I heard him say that. And I went, I shook my head like, you know, he's got a point there because right now these two kids, all right, and they are kids. They're younger than all four of my kids, so I call them kids. And they're both great guys, and they're great for the face of the National Football League. But not only are they talented with their arm, they are very, very smart guys. They are very, very mobile guys. They actually do it all. And, and this is going to be an instant classic every time these two darn guys play. Yes, it is. It's, it's, it's going to be the next Peyton Manning, Tom Brady rivalry for the next... 15 years, we hope, right? It's good for the league that these two great quarterbacks are on these two excellent teams and are going to play each other every now and then. It's like, let's just fast forward to the AFC Championship game and we put the Chiefs at the Bills in Orchard Park right now and not just fast forward to the game. Let's just go to the fourth quarter because <laughs> lead changes every time these guys get the ball, right? Yes, let's just does. play the last quarter because yes, that's what it's going to come down to. Well, as we mentioned before, if it goes to the fourth quarter, Josh Allen certainly has the edge over Patrick Mahomes. First in the league in fourth quarter QBR, last in the league in fourth quarter QBR. We all know that number is going to change for yeah. Patrick Mahomes. The Bills enter their week seven bye with a 5-1 and one record, the best record in the AFC. Buffalo has head-to-head -head wins this year over the other three current division leaders. Week two, Tennessee. Week four, Baltimore. Week six, Kansas City. Mm. Bills have been the number one seed in the AFC playoffs three times since the NFL began seeding teams for postseason play in 1975. 1990, 1991, and 1993. What did they do all three years? Lost in the Super Bowl. Well, they went to the Super Bowl, and yes, you had to throw in the fact that they lost. There we go. <laughs> they got their quarterback and their coach in the Hall of Fame. All right. Two more games to go. Seahawks 19, Cardinals 9. Murray steps up. He's going to throw deep down the sideline, and one reaches up, and he are you kidding me? This one's hard for me. I'm not sure what the question is because they all sound coming out of my head negative, disparaging, finger pointing, blaming, and I don't mean to sound like that. Let's start with the positives. Geno Smith, 50 yards rushing, 200 yards passing. Kenneth Walker, 100 yards and a tug. The Seahawks were giving up an average of almost 31 points a game this season. Cardinals scored only nine. So certainly the Seahawks have to feel very good about what went down. Now, the Cardinals, on the other hand, certainly cannot, do not, you saw the looks on their faces. Who deserves a majority of the criticism for this Cardinals 2-4 and four start? Is it Cliff 
or is it Kyler? This team can't finish. They're good between the 20s once they get in the red zone. You know what? Abject failure. This whole conversation was going to change just a little bit when D-Hop comes back, okay? DeAndre Hopkins has not played. He's suspended, and so he's coming back this very week. And I can't wait to see the difference that a guy like that makes in the run game and in the passing game. Because when you got a guy like that, when they throw the ball deep to him, you got safeties playing deeper, out of the box. The run game should benefit. And so they'll become a better team because their number one receiver is back. And I, the other, on the other team you're talking about, the Seahawks, I've been really impressed with Geno. Surprised, actually, because he's hitting a high percentage uh, uh, completion percentage. He is, he's, he's showing good mobility that we thought Russell Wilson had mobility, but Gino's showing some too here. And he's showing the ability to win and make plays and get the ball to his, you know, to Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf and those guys. And so I've been impressed with them. It's their defense that's been, you know, the, the worry part too. And uh, Pete Carroll will, will make that, that defense better as the season goes on. A light bulb of hope just turned on by the ever-effusive, ever-enthusiastic Steve Mariucci. That's for you, Cardinals fans. There hasn't been a lot of joy for you this season, but apparently it's on the way. Ertz takes the snap. He fakes, he fires, he's got Brown, who beats a man at the five and slashes him for the touchdown. The final game of our podcast today was the final game of Sunday. Eagles 26, Cowboys 17. The numbers for Cooper Rush up until last night were exemplary. Mm -hmm. Last night, they were excruciating. 18 for 38, 181 yards, one touchdown, but three, count them, three picks. This for a man who had not turned the ball over yet this season. But let's go to the positives. The Eagles, 6-0. and Should we be concerned about the Eagles' performance, lack of offense in the second half? Six versus the Cowboys, six versus the Cardinals, nine versus the Jags, zero versus the Commanders, zero versus the Vikings. Or do we merely celebrate the fact that this is a team that gets out early and stays up? Hmm. I didn't realize that those second half scores were that low. However, when you have a good lead, sometimes you tend to play a little bit more careful to the vest so you don't turn it over. Uh, you don't take crazy chances because you know you've got a heck of a defense and they're not going to catch up. Well, they were up by 20, weren't they, against the Cowboys, and then the Cowboys scored a couple touchdowns in that second half and so made it, made it kind of a game. But the Eagles have a very, very talented roster on both sides of the ball. I really like their big guys. We never talk about the big guys. We talk about receivers and, and quarterbacks and corners all day long. But they got guys in the middle, down in the trenches. The big uglies are as good as anybody in the league. And, and, and they're the ones that cause those turnovers, tip passes and pressure on the quarterback and obstructing his vision. And, and they play the five-down defensive front sometimes. And it's just hard to run the ball against Fletcher Cox and Davis and those guys. So, so this is a good football team. In fact, if you look at their schedule, if you look at their schedule. Which you will do today on the will, broadcast. They're going to be favored in probably every game, okay? The one that I'm circling is at Dallas, okay, which they just Christmas beat. Eve. And it's Christmas Eve, and it should, should have Dak. Now, Dak provides a little more mobility than Cooper Rush did, but I'm assuming that his hand is fine and that he's healthy. That's the game that the Eagles have a chance to lose. But you know what? 16-1, and one, that still gets you the number one seed, doesn't Well, it? I was just about to translate. So what you're suggesting is, is that this is either a 16-1 and one team as you see it right now. Things yeah. can change, of sure. course. Based on this current form, this current roster, the current availability of players, and the schedule, 16-1 and one, or potentially 17-0. Potentially. 
They got to play the Giants twice. Yes. And that's a rival game. We know that in the, in the division game. games are. They got to play the Packers, but the Packers aren't the same. They no, got to go to the. They got to go to the Colts, and the Colts. You know, if Matt Ryan can handle that, you know, we'll see. And they have to play the Titans. There's some. There's some good games, but I don't see the Bills on their schedule or the Chiefs. No. Those are the two teams that I would say could beat them. Their rosters are just as good as the Eagles. That's the standard, isn't it, in the NFL right now? Kansas City, Buffalo Bills and the Philadelphia Eagles. Probably as we stand right now. Eagles are the lone unbeaten team. First 6-0 and start since 2004. They started that year 7-0. and They lost in the Super Bowl, but they did make the Super Bowl. Six of the 14 teams to enter a bye week undefeated in week seven or later went on to make the Super Bowl. Four of them won. Jalen Hurts is the second quarterback in the Super Bowl era to win each of his first six starts of the season and have 20 or more rushing yards in all six wins. The only other person to do that, Cam Newton, who led his Carolina team, of course, to a 14-0 start, finished 15-1, went to the Super Bowl, won the MVP. The joy that I saw on Nick Sirianni as he roamed that sideline, as he looked almost with glee across, almost trying to make eyes with Mike McCarthy. You think so? Yes. It seemed personal. He was gloating. Why? I don't know. I don't know subtext. I don't know backstory. I only know what I saw. And I saw a coach who is, and I'm not trying to drum anything up here. What I saw was a coach who was feeling himself, who was loving the moment. His guys were loving the moment, and I, I, got, a, I got a big grin on my face I, from that. I love watching these guys enjoy themselves as much as they did, and then I also love what I saw from Jalen Hurts. While everybody else is mugging for the camera, including his head coach, Jalen Hurts is a picture of stoicism. He's got the, he's got the thing. He's got, got that it. sort of thing. It factor. He does. Yeah, I, I've known Jalen Hurts for a while now, and I just I think the world of the kid. Let's go back to Sirianni really quick. He was, he was young. There was a shot. He was yelling at somebody. I think it was a ref. Could have been the other team. I don't know. He was, and it was like, you know, it, I don't know. Could have been F-bombs. I don't know. But it was something, all right? And Fletcher Cox was standing right behind him, laughing at him. And I think Fletcher told him, cool it, Coach. Cool it. They got the, yeah, I mean, it was funny. Yes. Because he is a fired up guy, yes, all right? Yes, he is. Yes, he is. And it, it, it looked like he had, one of his players had to calm him down a little bit. He looked like a European it, soccer coach to me, running up and down the sidelines, like celebrating a he goal. He looked like one of my Italian cousins that's waiting for a big pasta meal that's a little late. And he just wants to go. How many? Italians. What was the ratio of Italians in your uh, high school when you were a kid? Well, well, in, in my grade school. Grade Immacul school. Immaculate Conception uh, Elementary, probably 93%. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are the Eagles a Super Bowl team? Sure. Is there such a thing as a good loss? Did the Cowboys actually lose well? Oh, that's a deep conversation. In this you know, NFC, you, you don't want to ever lose. Never want to lose. Uh, no moral victories. However, however, of course you try to take good things from it, right? And there was a lot of good things from it. The way they responded in the second half, their defense is playing their butt off in, in so many situations. Um, you know, their special team, this and that. You can, you pull some, you take out the negatives and you fix the, the things that you didn't do well, of course, but you also accentuate the positives and you're building. I mean, especially when you're playing with the back. You know what, if you would have said when Dak got hurt in, day, in game one. Yes that your backup quarterback is going to go 4-1, and one. would you take it? Yes. To sign up for You're it. darn right you would. You would take it in one second. We were hoping that he would split, win half of his games, yeah. right? Yeah, And And all of a sudden he gets four in a row and then and, and, and then loses to the maybe the best team in the NFC. On the road. Sure. So, you know what? Now it's probably going to be Dak time. He wants to play. He wants to play, I, uh, like wants to make his comeback against your Lions in Week 7. And I, and I would, you know what? 
if if he what was kind of funny, um, it, Irv says <laughs> we, we talk with Cowboys a lot. You know, right. it's not the grip because he's trying to grip the football with that thumb because he has a little pain with his grip this past week. I don't know how it feels today, but Irv is saying. It's not the grip. It's the rip. Can he rip it? That's so that's what it's about. Can he throw the ball with velocity? Um, and so we'll see. Now, if there's still a little pain to me, you hold him out another week, let Cooper rush, maybe can beat the Lions, right? And play him against the Bears. Those are both home games. Yes. But I do think he has to play before the bye. The schedule does set up for a little bit of caution if it's required. Yes, there's a bye, and then they play the Packers at home. And then the Vikings at home. So you don't want to have your first game back against a couple of decent teams, right? You want to have a little success and a little bit, hey, I played all right, I'm fine, nobody's talking about this anymore. I, I, I've been with the NFL now 10 years. I have apparently ingested enough Kool-Aid because I'm a Washington fan, womb to the tomb, and yet I am excited about the Cowboys, I am excited about the Eagles, and I am excited about the Giants. Oh, jeez. It's heresy. I want to thank today's special guest, Steve Mariucci. Please join us tomorrow for David Carr and Michael Robinson for a first look at the Week 7 slate, including the TA Game of the Week, the rematch of Super Bowl 54, the Chiefs and the Niners. Till then, ciao for now. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.